Welcome to the Life Community Church Podcast. We are so excited and thankful you've decided to join us. We have a very special message for you today that we pray blesses you. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Well, it's good to be back. You know, it's... I'm sure you all experience this when you get to go on vacation. It's good to get away, and it's fun to see new places, but it's good to get back home, you know, and get to see everybody and the kids and the grandkids and sleep in your own bed. Does that mean you're getting old when you, when you like your own bed and your own pillow? Uh, so, so. Today, we're still in this Been There series. Uh, you know, we had uh, people fill in. Thank you for everybody that filled in while I was gone. Uh, we're going to continue this series, Been There. Uh, what do you do when they take you for granted? Does anybody ever feel like you've been taken for granted? You know, uh, you feel underappreciated sometimes, undervalued, unseen. Uh, some of you give more and serve more, and you help more than anyone would ever know, likely know. You're, you're one of those that serves in silence, uh, but you do it because you love people, and you want to bless them, you want to help them. But, you know, let's be honest, even when you have the purest of motives and serve with the purest of hearts, occasionally uh, you want someone to notice and say thank you and uh, to acknowledge. Uh, So have you ever felt discouraged when you felt like other people took you for granted. I think we all have at times. And Jesus has been there. Jesus experienced that time when he was not appreciated. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11, and it says, and while we, he was on his way to Jerusalem, he's passing through Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. Ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so Jesus is passing through an area and these 10 lepers, lepers were ostracized. They couldn't get close to people. They had to maintain a distance from healthy people. They had to let people know that they were sick. Uh, it was kind of like having COVID. Uh, they had to make sure everybody knew. Uh, and so they had to announce that they were sick, but they're, they're calling out to Jesus to help them and for Jesus to have mercy on them. And maybe you, you know, maybe you can relate to that, you know, sometimes it seems like people ask you a lot. Maybe you're, maybe you're a single person and see people think, wow, they're like the built-in uh, babysitter, house sitter, plant sitter, uh, dog sitter. The kids, my kids had to dog sit, my little dog, you know, so I appreciate that. Uh, so, or maybe, you know, you don't feel appreciated. You walk into your house after a hard day and, and there's a whole house of people and they're saying, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? Or you're tired and you're ready to relax. You've had a long day of work yourself and someone says, I need help with my homework. Or uh, you want to think, what about me? What about my day? Does anybody care about my day? And when you're a mom, you know, being a mom is, you know, not that I've ever been a mom, but I've, I've watched moms. Uh, 
you're, you know, most moms today are working moms. They're working outside the home. Uh, they work in the home too, but they work outside the home. They work inside the home. Uh, they cook. They're the housekeeper. They're the Uber driver, uh, counselor, doctor, life coach, uh, personal shopper, referee for, you know, the, the fights that are going to happen between the kids, uh, defense attorney, judge, sometimes executioner. And sometimes all you, all you want to hear is, is uh, mom, thank you for washing my clothes. Thanks, mom. Or, or, or thank you for taking me to a million places. Or thank you for showing up to watch another insignificant game that I'm going to play. But it's significant to them, so you go. And dads experience the exact same things. Dads, sometimes... Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like for just some time for the money to be enough? <laughs> that you think, haven't you always felt like, you always feel like, oh, we just need 10% more. And then you get 10% more and what do you need? 10% more. So for the needs at least once not to outweigh the paycheck and even, even to be appreciated for all you do. So here's these 10 lepers crying out to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, we're over here. Jesus, hey, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he didn't, he didn't go over and heal them like he did some other times. He, he touched lepers. He wasn't afraid to touch people that had disease or sickness. He was greater than any disease. But he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. That's what the law required, that they had to show themselves to the priests that they were cleansed. So he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, the Bible says, as they weren't cleansed in that moment. As they were going, they were cleansed. So as they were on their way in the journey, uh, they, they were, they were, their leprosy was gone. Now one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God, and with a loud voice he fell at his feet on his, his face on his feet, fell at his, on his feet at his face, or fell on his face at his feet, uh, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. So he was an outsider from the Jewish nation. So they were healed on the way. It's, so they were healed in the middle of obedience. They were healed in the middle of doing what Jesus told them to do. And this is one of the ways that God often works in our life, is that we're often wanting God to do something, but it's, we, we're kind of playing a game with God. It's like, God, if you do this, I'll be obedient. You know, we're like, we're trying to bargain with God. God, I'll serve you. And you can imagine, you're, you're a man with leprosy, you're a person with leprosy, it would have been easy for them to say, oh, God, I'll serve you, I'll obey you if you'll heal my leprosy. All right? And we kind of, don't, don't you think we ever do that? We kind of try to negotiate with God, uh, and uh, God doesn't negotiate. Uh, but they, it, while they're going, they're healed. And just one of them recognizes that he's healed to a degree that he's willing to go back and say thank you to Jesus. He returned to give thanks to God. Verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? 
No one was found who returned to give glory to God. Not was no one found except for this foreigner, this Samaritan. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't need the affirmation. Jesus uh, didn't need the accolades of men. He, he was despised and rejected uh, because he had the affirmation of God. He knew he was doing exactly what God had called him to do, so he was able to be rejected by men. But he says, but look how unappreciative these are for their healing. You know, and sometimes you feel that. You, you ever spend hours on a meal and they get it from the table and they leave the plate? And, you know, not only did you cook it, go ahead and wash the dishes too, Mom. Uh, nobody says thank you. They just consume it. Or, or not. Or it's not good enough. You spend hours on a meal and you set it before them and are like, ugh. Or how about this? We're experiencing this a lot. You know, everywhere you go in the metrics now is bad traffic. Uh, we could actually move to Houston and it wouldn't be as bad as it is here now. And uh, that, that'd be a horrible thing. Uh, traffic's bad. So, you know, when you're in bad traffic and you end up, you have to merge, you end up in these merging situations and you always have the people who will not let anybody in, which you have to let people in for this to work. For the roads to work, and there's an entrance ramp, you have to zipper and let people in. But there's just, when you do, when you let somebody in, they're supposed to wave and say thank you. Just a little, you know, just a little thanks. If they don't, it's okay to ram them. Uh, No, it's not. It's not. Jesus didn't heal these lepers so that he would be appreciated. He healed them because he loved them. He didn't heal them for selfish reasons. But he understands the importance of gratitude. And they could have and they should have said thank you. So he says to the one who returned in verse 19, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, here's what I believe the difference is in this story. Nine were cleansed, one was made whole. Now, when, when you had leprosy, leprosy caused the loss of feelings in the extremities. So often, people who had leprosy had lost toes, feet, because they, they, they weren't able to feel, and so they would walk with a pebble in their shoe until their foot was torn up and then they'd get an infection and they would lose a foot or they would lose a finger or they so most people with leprosy in Jesus day were also disfigured often they they may not have a nose so the nine were cleansed in other words they didn't have leprosy anymore But the one who came back and said, thank you, was made whole. He looked down at his hand where fingers had been missing, and he had all of his fingers. (laughs) He looked down at his feet where he had been missing toes or maybe a foot, and his foot was there because Jesus didn't just cleanse him but made him whole. And that's there's power in gratitude. 
So I want to talk to you about three things to remember when you feel unseen and unappreciated. They're how, you, how they make you feel is not who you are. Those you serve the most often appreciate you the least. And what's unseen by people is often what's most significant to God. How they make you feel is not who you are. We know intellectually that how people make us feel is not who we are, but we ignore it practically. We often, without thinking about it, we tie our identity into other people's reaction to us and their appreciation of us. And so when they show gratitude, we feel seen, valued. If they ignore us, they don't show gratitude. We feel less than, we feel disvalued, we feel unseen. And so we have to remember how they make you feel is not who you are. There's two examples of this. This, this is, a, we've talked about this, I preached about this recently, and since I preached about it, I know you all remember. Uh, <laughs> Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. The news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. So this is after the temptation of Jesus. He's been tempted by Satan in the wilderness and overcame that temptation. Now he's beginning to preach in the synagogues. And he goes to his hometown. And he's in his hometown. He's preaching in his hometown. And they're amazed. He was praised by all. And in verse 22, and all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? So they're amazed. So then Jesus responds to this and says, no doubt you'll quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly, I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown, but I say to you, in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land, yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. In other words, to a foreigner, not an Israelite. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage when they heard these things. Now, you remember what they were, they were just talking about how great he was. Everyone was praising him. He's wonderful. He, he's wonderful. But then when he said to them, you know, uh, God loves people besides you. You're not the only people God loves. They were filled with rage. And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he, passing through their midst, he went his way. In verse 15, he's praised by all. By verse 28, he's canceled. We love you. We hate you. You're amazing. You suck. And... (laughs) We're living in a world today where it's real easy to move from praise to being canceled. You can just, you know, in your office situation, you could make the wrong 
comment about someone's gender. You could misgender somebody, and you can go from you just got awards for being the top employee to being the one who's packing boxes to go out the door. You can go from being praised to being canceled, from being appreciated to being despised very quickly and very easily. But you see, someone's inability to see your worth doesn't decrease your value. Just because someone can't see your worth doesn't decrease your value. Why? Because our value should not be determined just by what others think, but by what God says about us. Our value should be determined by who God says we are. You know, God knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He chose you. He set you apart. He called you. He called your name. He gave you grace. He forgave you through Jesus Christ. He has sealed you by his Holy Spirit to be adopted into his family. And now we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we are the light of the world. We are his ambassadors to the world. We are overcomers. We have lives of purpose and destiny. It's, it's who we are. You're not who they say you are. You're who God says you are. So how they make you feel is not who you are. So you have to determine your identity not on the opinions of men, but the opinion of God. Our identity cannot be because people are fickle. You're praised one day. You're rejected the next. Number two, those you serve the most often appreciate you the least. In the Old Testament, there's a great story about Joseph. Uh, and it tells about Pharaoh. Pharaoh get ang got angry, and so he threw his cupbearer into prison. The cupbearer was the dude who drank everything that the king was going to drink to make sure that it wasn't poison. I'm not sure it was a long-lived job. <laughs> Not a lot of good benefits, but uh, that was his job. And for some reason, uh, Pharaoh got angry with the cupbearer, and he threw him in prison. And so the prisoner, Joseph, is in prison with him, and he has a dream, and Joseph interprets his dream for him, and he says to him, uh, well, here's what the Scripture says, Genesis 40. Then Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand according to your former custom when you were his cupbearer. In other words, you're getting your job back and you're going to be okay. He says to him, only keep me in mind when it goes well with you. And please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. So he's in prison and he says, listen, would you just... I'm here unjustly. I was sold into slavery. I'm not supposed to be here. Would you please speak to the Pharaoh on my behalf? And yet it says the cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And it's often those you serve the most often appreciate you the least. When you do a lot for people, they aren't as likely to notice because what's normal isn't celebrated, it's expected. 
if you get to now some of you, it's not a challenge, but for a lot, a lot of you, if you get to work on time, in other words, it's a high value to you, and you get to work on time, day after day after day, you get to work and do your job on time, eventually, it's not noticed, but it's expected. And you know there are people that are never on time. But if you're not on time, you get in trouble because nobody expects them to be on time. But you're always on time, so it's expected. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you're a great cook with the family and you're cooking uh, creative meals or maybe just nutritious meals. <laughs> Or they're just meals, okay? You're cooking meals, but nobody cares. Nobody notices. It's not noticed, but it's, ex- it's expected because they're expecting, some- they're expecting something to show up on the table somehow, some way. You stopped at Chick-fil-A for the fifth time this week or something. It's not noticed, but it's expected. Or maybe you keep the house neat. And you work hard at trying to keep the house clean. And it's so frustrating because you work and work to clean the house and the kids can destroy it in about 15 minutes. There is stuff everywhere. But yet, you don't leave it that way. You don't leave it destroyed because it's not noticed, but it's expected that it be clean. How about laundry? I mean, laundry is the ever ongoing project. I don't know who's doing the laundry at your house, but they should be getting awards. I mean, occasionally, occasionally you should just, when you go into your closet and, you know, and you pull open the underwear drawer, you should just say, thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Whoever's doing it, whoever's doing the laundry in your house, just, you know, thank you that there's underwear in the drawer. I don't have to go out and buy another pair. And, but you can do that, and especially if you've got teenagers, I mean, teenagers, when it comes to clothes, it's like they, they try stuff on because they have to try on several things, you know, to make sure they're in the right thing for the day. And so they try it on, then what they do with it? They hang it back up? They fold it back up, put it back in the drawer? No, they throw it on the floor. Because now that I've tried it on, it's dirty. Sorry, Mom, I tried it on, it's dirty. Or Dad, whoever. So, you're not noticed, but it's expected. In some weird way, it's a compliment. when you're taken for granted because it means that you're a trusted, dependable, faithful part of someone's life. Just because they don't notice now doesn't mean they will never notice. But so we have to remember that our motivation for doing it, why are we doing it? I mean, why are we doing it? The motivation why we do it is because of love. Not to be appreciated. Because if you're doing it to be appreciated, you're going to live a life of disappointment and despair. Because you will not be appreciated at the level that you want. Because you can cook the greatest meal and nobody's going to show up for that 
you work so hard and you plan and you cook a fantastic meal and everybody's got something to do that night. It doesn't, it's, <laughs> it's expected, but it's not appreciated. So you have to remember what the motivation is. What's the, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I love them. I'm, why am I, what's my motivation? Motivation is love. So how they make you feel is not who you are. Number two, those you serve the most often appreciate it the least. We know that. What's unseen by people is often what's most significant to God. You know, it's just the way our world works. The world sees and celebrates the seen. They don't celebrate the unseen, which it's difficult to celebrate the unseen. So what do they celebrate? They celebrate you when you achieve something. If you, if you get the promotion at work, if you, if, uh, for graduating, for winning the game, for a new house, a new baby. We got a new baby here today, beautiful baby. Congratulations, right? But you seldom get appreciated for the unseen things, for like strong, strong character. As a matter of fact, we keep these things secret. Uh, overcoming addictions. It's a great, it's an incredible achievement to overcome addiction. But it's often done secretly and because we don't want to talk about it, right? So even though it's a great thing that we would like to help someone to congratulate them, it's often, it's just a lot of shame with that. Or uh, we, we seldom congratulate someone for the unseen things of just telling the truth, or being faithful, or, or, or doing their job. How about the unseen thing of actually when you forgive someone? The, the problem is that we think what is seen is what is most significant, but often what is unseen is what's most valuable. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you've no reward with your Father who's in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may, honor, may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing so that your giving will be in secret and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you give and serve, maybe nobody else notices, but the Father sees. You get up early, maybe you're getting up early because you want to pray for your family, you want to pray for your kids, you want to start the day with God. Nobody sees that, nobody knows. God knows. Maybe the, the incessant cleaning up after others, trying to keep a semblance of order in a house of chaos, to try to keep the chaos at a manageable you know, size, and you're just always working in that. It's, nobody sees that, don't, but it's so important, so valuable. The Father sees. Or maybe you're one of the people that's serving back here in this pre-kid area, this pre-K, pre-kid, it can be pre-kid. <laughs> You know, this 
this empty, we have this empty space over here. It's pre-kid. Eventually there'll be kids there, but right now it's pre-kid. Everybody, that's the one everyone wants to volunteer for. But in the pre-K kids, toddler town, we call it, you know, to, to work with those kids or in kid city, to, to invest in those kids. And well, this is so cool. We've had to add chairs in, in Kid City the last two weeks. We have had not had enough space in Kid City. We've had, to, we've had to add rows of chairs, which is awesome. So maybe you're working a second job just to, just to pay the bills. Uh, maybe you're working longer than you thought you would work just to pay the bills. Uh, you're working hard. You're wanting to be faithful in giving, and you know that giving is always sacrifice. Anytime you give, it's sacrifice. And you're faithful. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you so much for your giving. If your spouse doesn't notice, if your teenagers complain about everything, And sometimes they do. If your boss doesn't notice, unless you mess up, then suddenly he really knows a lot about you. If your grandkids take you for granted, if no single person seems to notice what you're doing, God does. God still sees. It says, the father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And that's, that's our motivation. You see, our motivation is not appreciation. Because if our motivation is, appre- is appreciation, we'll never get enough of it. But if our motivation is not appreciation, but instead our motivation is to live for God's purpose and God's glory, to demonstrate his love and his purpose in us, and how he's working in us, and how he's changing us. And if we're living for that purpose, the God who sees, it lets us live a life of joy, fulfillment, because we're not waiting for other people to give us gratitude so we can be happy. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God's not unjust, so as to forget your work, and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered and still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. He said, God's not going to forget your work and your labor. God's not going to forget. So, Jesus healed 10, only one came back grateful. And Jesus said that's the point of the story. The point of Jesus' story was there was one person who was grateful, and it was life-changing for him. So one of the things where we can change is instead of worrying about other people being grateful for us, to turn it around and make sure that we're being grateful to God. That we're... We're grateful. Because have you noticed it's hard to be grateful and depressed at the same time? It's hard to be grateful and 
grumpy. In other words, it, it's, 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 it's an attitude that helps to kind of realign if we're grateful. And so God, Jesus is saying these 10 lepers, this is, it's important they've been grateful. He wasn't saying, because I need them to be grateful for me. I need it. I need them to be grateful for what I've done for them. He said, no, they need to be grateful because it's going to be healing and health to them if they are grateful to God for what he's done. And then that gratitude flows through us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and pray. So bow your heads for just a moment. Let's just think about this. Is, do you feel, like, you feel like you're not appreciated? And, and it, it's very often true that you're not. It's, 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 it's a real feeling that you're not appreciated. And so we have to determine, then why are we doing it? If I'm not going to be appreciated, then why am I doing it? Well, as believers, our purpose, our purpose is to live for the glory of God. That's our destiny. That's our calling. Our purpose is to uh, know God and enjoy him forever. So the Lord wants to, to free us from the bondage of looking for the approval of men. It's a bondage. It's a stronghold. It, it keeps us from, if we're, we're looking to what people think all the time, we're, we're weighted down and concerned with the opinions of men. Instead, we need, to be, we need to be living for the approval of God because we have it. <laughs> we have it. So I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, there's people in here right now that feel duly so under, undervalued, unappreciated, unseen. Seems like all that they do is never enough. The money's never enough. The laundry's never enough. The cooking's never enough. <laughs> it's never enough. It's never enough. It's an endless task. And we feel underappreciated, but Father, we know we're living not for the, what other people's value, but we're living because of what you say about who we are. And we're doing it because love motivates us. We're giving sacrificially because you gave sacrificially. You showed us how to love. You said, love one another the way that I have loved you. So Father, that's our goal. Lord, help us, heal us, heal this, the little wounds in our heart of not being valued and appreciated. And Lord, help it to be overtaken with a desire within us to live out of the overflow of love that we have received in Jesus Christ. This has been the Life Community Church Podcast. Thank you for listening.